Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, I'm Cassandra Healy and welcome to Behind the Pitch. Business has always looked really great and glamorous online, but I'm here to talk to you about everything that happens behind the business to make it a business. Join me and some of our amazing guests as we go through everything you need to know about what goes on behind the pitch. Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Pitch and today I am excited to introduce Mary Santafanti, the Director of Natural, Vegan and Australian Owned and Made Hair Care Brand, Davro. The brand stands for Sulfate and Paraben Free, 100% Cruelty Free Salon Quality Products at an Affordable Price. Mary started her journey with Davro at the age of 15 as a receptionist and worked her way to the top, becoming the woman who turned a struggling business around that was on the brink of demise. Today, Davro is one of Australia's leading natural hair care brands, both at home and on a global scale. So join me as we welcome Mary to Behind the Pitch. Thank you so much for joining us, Mary. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Cassandra. I'm, I'm so very excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So I thought it might be easier uh, and as well as more beneficial for everybody who's listening for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and your journey so far. Okay. Um, so um, I'm married. Um, my husband, John, and I both um, work together and own this company. Um, I've got a daughter, Sophia, who's 20 years of age. I've got a son, Michael, who's 18 years of age, um, or they will be in November, I should say. Um, so, and look, I started, as you said, I started with this company, started with Dreslia in um, 1984 as the receptionist, came straight out of year 11 high school, um, and I always... Um, Say I'm I'm a big advocate of education, and I don't condone leaving school um, so early. But you know, back in 1984, it was a, um, a different a different story and different circumstances, and it was kind of okay to to leave school and and get a job. Um, now, of course, you know we we you know want our kids to to go off to higher education and. Um, and things like that. So, but, you know, for, for me at the time, it was one of those decisions that I, I made at the tender age of 15 to leave school and start working for this company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, I, I've, I've never looked back and there's been a lot of ups and downs in that time. 
but boy, have I had an amazing ride. It's been an amazing time. Um, lots of, you know, really good times, you know, some, some lows, some major lows um, along the way. But all in all, I have to say that I've been very fortunate in, in my journey thus far. And, you know, I um, had the opportunity in 2006 to, to take over the company, um, which was struggling at the time. And it was a massive undertaking and one that we had to seriously look at. You know, my husband took some time off from his, his job at the time to, to come and, and work with me. And, and, you know, we always joked that we had to see whether, A, we could work together. Um, and secondly, you know, could we, could we turn this thing, you know, around? And, and understanding, too, that this company's been around since 1930. So it was really hard to shut the doors. Yeah. And, you know, we, we made that decision to, to try and save it. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's sure. so incredible. So... You obviously joined the business um, in a time where it was really, really needed for someone to come in and help turn it around. So why did you decide to join the business? Was it just like a natural progression from, you know, starting there at a young age or was it like, you know, a passion project that you really, really wanted to be a part of or was it something else? Um, I think, you know, having... (laughs) Starting with a company at the age of 15 and being welcomed into that company and make it just, it felt like family. And I guess, you know, in 2006, um, I'd been there for, you know, 21, 22 years. And, you know, I um, had just had my second child and um, it was a case of, or I should say my kids were, were quite young at the time. And it was a, a, it was probably a bit of a labour of love as well. And, you know, it was, I had so much respect for my bosses who had hired me and their family at the time that when the opportunity came to see if we could keep this thing going, I think it was almost, not that it was an, a no-brainer because our lives would have to change drastically. Um, both John and I were also doing some property development at the time. We had two young kids. And it was, you know, to say it was a massive undertaking is an understatement. And I don't, even even when it happened, I didn't realise how big it was going to be and the impact it would have on our lives at the time. So I think it was a a bit of a um, labour of love. I loved the the brand. I loved the company. And I think the most, one of the most important things was the fact that we had been around since 1930. People had put a lot of time and effort into this company. It manufactures here in South Australia. Um, You know, it employs people who have got livelihoods. And we kind of thought, you know what, let's, all we can do is give it a go and let's see what happens. Oh, that's so amazing. And, you know, you just mentioned that you were a mum. You are a mum of two and you obviously had your children, at, you know, at a time where you're also, you know, growing this business and turning it around. What was it like to balance it all? Because I don't have kids, so I don't know what it is like. And I honestly look at women who have children, they work, their own businesses. And I think, wow, like, I don't know how you balance it all. So what was it like to have young children, but also, you know, take on the company with your husband and then balancing, you know, all of it? Um, it was, 
interesting. Um, (laughs) You know, the kids, look, the kids have grown up with the business and it's all right for me to sit back now and say it was all amazing when the the fact is, is that you've got two young kids who you need to um, put time in. And when we, when we um, took over the company, we would bring work home. We would discuss the business because obviously it was in trouble and we needed to, it, it, it was a focus for us. Not to say that, you know, we abandoned the children because we didn't, but there was a lot of talk about the company at home. And, you know, my daughter at the time would have been um, seven. Wow. Um, Michael would have been five. And, you know, I just remember them, you know, Sophia in particular one day just, you know, at the dinner table, you know, slamming her cutlery down from, you know, eating dinner and saying, do we need to talk about this bloody business all the time? <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, she's seven, eight-year-olds. So at the time, whatever she was, I can't remember exactly now, and we kind of, like, looked at each other and thought, okay, this is a reality check. <laughs> and we, um, <laughs> from that time, we, we still talked about um, business, but it was not in front of the kids. Yeah. And yeah. after they'd gone to bed. And then the time came where we actually made the decision to try and not discuss work at all at, okay. at home. Um, so it was all about, I, I think for us, it was a timing thing. Yeah. And, you know, at, in those early stages, we needed to discuss, you know, extra. And then came the time when we started to realise that we needed to separate our times at home because we also work and live together and we needed to find the balance and that was I think has been a a major key for us Mm -hmm. and I think you know I I suffered that whole you know mummy guilt and you know I'm not around for the kids and but the reality is is that the kids are really resilient and they get it and you know they even now we obviously you know we have conversations and probably about two three years ago I was talking to my son and you know, he talked about something that happened at kindy. So he would have been about four, five years old. And I said to him, oh, Michael, do you have any recollection of anything earlier? And he goes, no, not really, mum. So I kind of thought, you know, here I've been panicking that I haven't been around for him in those earlier years. Hmm. But the reality is, is that, he, you know, he, he was fine. And I had amazing support from my mum, my sister, my mother-in-law, you know, I had great, I've got great friends who picked the kids up from school for me or would take them to school. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for all those wonderful people in my life because it made, it made things that little bit easier. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful. And, but unfortunately not everyone is in that position where they, they have got that support group around them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate and, and very thankful. Oh, that's amazing. It takes a village, right? That's all I, yeah. that's what I keep hearing. It's about your village and how everyone steps in to help. And, you know, it's amazing that you've got children. And I believe your daughter's also a part of the business, correct? Yeah, she is. So she's just, um, she's just joined us. Oh, wow. And I have to say that it's, it's look, it's really lovely. And she's um, working in, in lots of different areas. Uh, but, you know, both, both the kids have been coming into, into work and they'll pack orders. You know, they've been doing that since, you know, they're probably about 12, 13 years of age um, oh. during school holidays and, and things like that. So they've gotten to, they, they really do live with the brand like us. Um, and they, they went through that phase where, you know, they hated it, obviously, because they could see what, you know, the, the two of us we're going through at different times, yeah. um, you know, yeah. stress-wise and, and things like that. But 
I think they've, they, as they get older, they understand what business is about and there is ups and downs and it's about how to turn a negative around and how can we keep moving forward. So it's, it's, it's great to have her on board and, you know, she's, um, I'm excited for her. Um, there's so much, so much to do and there's so much scope and, and you know, the brand can just, the brand is, is going global and I think there's so much opportunity, not just for her, but also for, you know, a lot of our, our staff who, who are here, who perhaps, you know, um, want to do something a little bit different. So there's, there's always scope to grow, which, uh-huh. which I'm very excited about. That's so amazing. It must make it that little bit extra special now to have your daughter on board on like this amazing, incredible journey that you had at such a young age, then to keep the family within the business and to keep growing it. So it must be, it must feel amazing to be able to have that. It's, it's, it's great. And I feel like, you know, it's a bit of a tradition with this company because this company was started back in 1930 and then it was taken over by um, a gentleman who ended up being my boss, you know, back in 1954. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, his two sons working for him. And then one of the sons, you know, had his kids working in the business as well. And, you know, our, our, uh, one of our formulating or our head formulating chemists is, you know, the grandson of my original boss. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a little bit of a tradition for this company. And I think it's really, really lovely. Um, you know, I, I also have, you know, my sister who works with us, you know, my, her husband, um, we've got two nephews, we've got a niece. Um, so, you know, it's quite, um, it, it, it is quite a family thing, but I think if it can work, it's great and it can't always work. And it's always about, you know, the right person for the job, no matter what the position. Mm. So I think that's been, you know, the, the most important thing. So, um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited for it for everyone. Yeah. I'm excited for our staff. Oh, that's so amazing. So just going back to Davro as the company, considering there are quite a large range of hair products on the market, how do you continue to innovate your products and stand out from your competition? Um, I, I think, you know, back in 2006, when we took over, we, you know, Davro was around, Davro was uh, started in 1987 and, you know, when we took over in 2006, we needed to make some drastic changes because obviously what we were doing at the time or what the company was doing at the time wasn't working. Yeah. Um, so back then, you know, I, I decided that, you know, I think we, we should remove sulfates and parabens and petros and, you know, we should be a vegan brand. And, you know, back in 2006, no one was doing that. Um, we're not in the salon industry in Australia anyway. And, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, I was a bit crazy for wanting to do all that stuff because it was, it was different and we were changing. We needed to change the perception that, you know, sulfates, um, you know, weren't the, the U-Butte cleaner, you know, the sulfates, you know, are a surfactant that lather up and, you know, a lot of consumers love the idea of a lather and there's the perception that a lather or high lathering shampoo cleans the hair. Mm. When actual fact, when actual fact, it doesn't. So, you know, I think, I, I think doing what we did back then put us in good standing for where we are now. In the sense that, you know, we've been making these products for over thirteen years now. We know how they work. We have great relationships with our ingredient suppliers who are always bringing us new ingredients to trial. So it keeps the brand um, up to the minute keeps it relevant. And I think, you know, I mean, some companies are only starting to do, you know, the things that we did over 13 years ago. So, 
And we found, you know, in that in that past thirteen years, you know, a couple of co- company or a couple of co- sorry, a couple of brands would be um, sulfate but not paraben free. Some were vegan but still had sulfate, so there wasn't that whole package because, you know, it's it's not an overnight thing. You know, we we spent you know eighteen months. Um, or Stuart, I should say, our chemist spent 18 months, you know, reformulating and trying to get these, these products right. And it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big job. Mm. Um, But I feel like, you know, we, we understand it, we get it. We've put a lot of time into it. So I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's been good. And I, you know, also having three in-house chemists who, you know, who formulate, there's, there's never a shortage of new ideas for new products and, you know, how we can better the existing range. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. It's amazing. Uh, I love your stuff. Like I mentioned, I've been using it for years and whatever you've done, like it's incredible. Like (laughs) I love it. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about how everybody thinks that you're crazy. I find that so interesting because the best piece of advice that I have actually been given in business is that when everybody else thinks that you're crazy, it usually means that you're doing something right and you've (laughs) done something right. (laughs) Yeah, we did. I think, I think because, because no one was doing it at the time, you, what, what you effectively do also is you, you take your brand out of mainstream Mm. and you almost put it into like a little corner and people perceive it as something different that they don't really know 100% what to do with, like in, in the shops and stuff. So they tag you as a natural brand. And, you know, it's, and, and back then, yes, there was this groundswell of, you know, um, wellness and, and well being, but not everyone understood natural products. Well, what did that actually mean? Is it going to clean my hair? Um, so that was a little bit of a struggle to try and, you know, get across to people that, hey, these products are still good. They're still going to do what they say they're going to do. They're still going to clean your hair. They're, they're going to make your hair feel amazing. It's, it, was, it, was, it was really tricky. Yeah, it was really tricky. And the, probably the first five years were really hard yeah, because, you know, we needed to try and get, you know, support from salons. But, you know, the, the consumer was, was looking for something a little bit different. So that was, that was the good thing. Oh, perfect timing for the end buyer, I guess, right? 
it's amazing. Like I, I'm a very big family person and I'm all about like, you know, leaving a legacy and what you're doing is just so incredible. Obviously like you've got your family involved and you've created, you know, you've taken over this brand that has become so innovative in the hair care and the salon industry. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like hearing all about it. So one question that I want to do ask is, what has been a challenge that really made an impact on your business that you are or you have successfully overcome? Uh, I think that the biggest, the biggest um, thing was, you know, t- trying to turn the company around in those really early stages. I don't think people fully understood the magnitude of it. Yeah. And, you know, it made for a lot of, you know, sleepless nights and, and worry and, and uh, just, uh, you know, how, how, you know, just paying bills and, you know, keeping up your payments to your creditors and mm. when it was very, very hard back in those times. And, you know, when we launched Davro Reformulated with, you know, without the sulfates and all those products, it was, um, you know, the GFC hit um, in 2007, 2008. And, you know, we kind of like thought, my goodness, you know, what, <laughs> what more can go wrong? But yeah. I guess launching launching a product in something like those times and seeing it succeed, it kind of felt really good um, that we were able able to do that at that time. So, yeah, it felt like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. But I, I think that was that was okay. It was okay. Well, it's like business, right? You get into it not knowing what to expect and then it all just happens like, you know, what we're going through right now with the current climate, coronavirus. So how are you handling corona and, you know, are you okay? Is everything going okay on your end? Because it's one of those things that is just you never know when it's going to leave. It's an unwanted guest that's not wanting to go. (laughs) No, it's not. It wants to hang around, doesn't it? It does. Um, does. Look, I guess at the beginning, as as everyone, we were in the same position in those early stages, you know, not knowing how things were going to pan out. The fact that salons were deemed as an essential service, um, kind of like, you know, we had to reevaluate that and kind of think, well, okay, so salons have decided to open. Some salons decided to close and there was a bit of a divide between, you know, those salons that chose to stay open and those that chose to to close. And, you know, we had salons who um, closed down, sent us emails and said we're closing forever. We had salons saying we're closing down for a period of time. And it was a really interesting time. Um you know, on our part, we met with our staff to help them feel secure and that really we were navigating the whole COVID thing together. As a company, we had to think really quickly and we we're in um, a unique situation where, you know, there was a couple of things for us. We were already making, um, you know, hand sanitizer for staff or in-house that we've been using for quite some time. Oh, so we managed to, you know, get um, some, you know, hand sanitizer out into the industry. But as everyone will tell you, you know, it was very hard to get ethanol. It was very hard to get bottles. Um, but, you know, we kind of like looked at it and thought we've produced a really good product here and it will form part of the range, you know, ongoing. So it wasn't necessarily about, you know, um, well, it wasn't a, a money grab thing for us. It was more, you know, this was a product that was needed. We had some really great feedback from it. Um, we produced something that was really quite nice. So, you know, that kind of, um, you know, that will stay now in our Davro range, which I'm really excited about. 
But, you know, we also were probably one of the first brands to have an online store. And that, and, and originally when we set up the online store back in, you know, 2008, that was more for, you know, consumers who had left Adelaide, you know, couldn't find the product interstate at that stage. And, you know, they'd ring us up wanting to buy product. So we kind of thought, let's set up an online store. And, you know, for a lot of those people that can't get the brand interstate, then they, they'll be able to get it online. So it's, it's not a massive thing for us. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't push it as such, but I guess it, it gave us the opportunity to get product out to our consumers who are using Davro that couldn't perhaps buy it in their salons because the salon had closed down for that period of time. And, you know, a lot of stores who are in those big, you know, Westfields and, and stuff like that who didn't have that part passing traffic anymore, it made it really hard for them. So, you know, we, we put out some self-care packs, you know, which did extremely well. And, you know, a lot of the companies, a lot of the salons and, and a lot of our distributors that, that buy our product who have got online stores, you know, we saw a spike for them as well, which, which was good. But it was able, um, you know, it, it gave us the ability to keep, the brand relevant and make it a lot more accessible to all the people who were using, you know, all, all our customers and consumers that were using the product. And look, it's been nice to see, you know, now that salons have opened back up, you know, our salons are doing really well, you know, consumers have, you know, are still buying their product from them. And, and, you know, that makes me really, really happy. So, um, you know, it's, it has been, um, it's been interesting. That's yeah. for sure. But I guess, you know, we were, you know, we, we've been in a growth phase with the brand for some time now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were, you know, we're already, you know, exporting into, into Europe. Wow. Um, so, you know, we've, you know, that, that's still been, we've still been, you know, in talks with a lot of people over there, you know, they've been taking, you know, stock we've been exporting in this time. So it's, it has made for life being a little bit easier yeah. um, because, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is, is, you know, move your staff along and, you know, send them on to, you know, you know, Centrelink and, and things like that. So it was, you know, I kind of thought I, I don't want to be there. So I don't want to send my staff there, you know, and if we have an opportunity to try and keep everyone, then that's what we were, that's what we were going to do. So we had, you know, we had to do some shuffling in those early stages, but you know, everyone was, everyone was understanding, everyone was on the same page. And I think as a company, it brings you closer. That's and, you know, my, my, it, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for, um, you know, for my amazing staff and, you know, the, their commitment and their passion to, to Davro and bringing, just bringing it to, to the forefront has, has been great. Really, oh, that's really good. amazing. You know, it's so great to hear and, you know, it just takes a little bit of innovation, right. And a bit of shuffling and thinking outside the box, but I'm so glad that, you know, it, you make, you guys made it work and, you're able to roll with it and you know it's amazing to hear because you know a lot of people right now are not quite sure on what to do so that leads to my yeah. last question hmm. what advice do you have for somebody who's listening right now and what what would you say to them who is struggling in business or what's a piece of advice that you wish you could tell yourself 10 20 years ago to help you get through right now? Um, I, I know, look, 
you know, there were times when, you know, I felt um, despair with where we were and what we were doing. And hindsight is a, a wonderful thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we never have the benefit of that back then when we're going through those hardships. But I, I, I guess, you know, what, what got me through was um, knowing, I guess, and feeling that we could make this work. And I know it's easier said than done, but I think you have to have belief in what you're doing. And you also have to have the ability to cut the ties if you need to as well. And understand that there is, there is no shame in, you know, something not working out because a lot of people, you know, will, will never even, you know, try or, or have the opportunity to start their own business or to, to make something happen. So I think the fact that someone's in business is because they've wanted something, they've believed in something. And I know belief is not, you know, the be all and end all, but, you know, it's a, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of cliches. It's hard work. It's passion. It's luck. It's timing. It's, you know, having the right staff. It's commitment. It's sacrifice. It's, and it's knowing your market and what does your market want and what does it need. And, yeah. But I think ultimately I, I can sit here and say all these things, but the reality is, is, you know, there's, there's no shame in something not working out um, either way. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's especially nowadays, it's extremely hard. And we've seen some good salons close their doors and it's hard to watch that happen. And so all I can say is, you know, ha hang in there as, as, as much as you can, as long as you can. Um, and I, I think deep down people know, you ultimately know when you have to either have, when you have the ability to keep going and know how far you can push it. And also at the same time, when you look at it and say, you know what, my health is more important to me. My family is more important at this stage. And while there is good health, um, a door will always open up after one closes. Oh, so no. I don't know. I, I don't know that that's so positive in this, in this time, but I guess it's, it's saying that it's okay. Yeah. Well, some people sometimes need to hear that, you know, some people are just waiting to hear that it's okay. And it's definitely, and that's probably the advice that they're looking to hear, like looking to hear. So to wrap it up, thank you so, so much, Mary, for joining us. It's been such a pleasure to hear about your story and everything about Davro and congratulations on your success on going global. Um, it's incredible to hear from an Australian brand and thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cassandra. Thanks so much for having me. I wish you all the best with the podcast. Um, it's, you. you know, I think, you know, um, bringing everyday people to, you know, other people I think is, is amazing and it's a great forum. So um, congratulations. I wish you all the very best and thank you so much for having me. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Behind the Pitch. Don't forget to subscribe and rate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.